Hi, and welcome to the Career Launch System, brought to you by Air Reinhardt Bay Realtors. Today, I'm with Badger Beal, broker owner of Air Reinhardt Bay, and we're going to kind of go back to a topic we discussed in a previous podcast. And we had a quick conversation, and I had asked Badger at the time, why did you open Air Reinhardt Bay? What was the thought process behind it? And do you remember what your response was? Yeah. You know, the original... I wish was to transform lives through real estate because I want to have an impact on people's lives. And selling real estate is great, but I really want to have an impact on the agents and help them go through the transformations that I've gone through and some of the and enjoy some of the rewards that I've had and avoid some of the pitfalls and challenges and not have to hopefully prevent people from going through a lot of the stuff that I've gone through. And I realized, right, and this is where we're going, right. is that, that I can't transform lives directly. Right, <laughs> right and, exactly. And we've talked about that. And, and so, yeah, so this is kind of revisiting that conversation. And I, I think I have a lot more clarity on it. Yeah. X so, number of years later. So we were talking about it on the way over here. And so I basically kind of came with this idea of like, okay, it's been 10 years, actually going on almost 11 years. So what do you know now that you didn't know then? That I can't do what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay. And I think I said this, the whole premise of that, I guess, egotistical notion is the realization that it's a myth that I can't do that. And, and Kelly, you've corrected me with this right. and you're going to get into it, but I, I, I guess, yeah, I can't do that. And people have to transform themselves. Right. So we kind of talked about, because Badger's like, oh, I want to do this and I can't do it. And I said, I don't know if that's true. And I think that's why we talked about the 10-year rule now. Looking back over 10 years, we can pinpoint agents and look at a transformation that they've had that has in part been by the environment that you've provided those agents to work in. So in some ways you can, but you just can't, it's not going to happen overnight and you can't force it. Right. And so I get, I think part of it goes back to the belief of transformation, that it even exists. Right. Right. And I think part of that was I personally am so grateful for the abundant transformations I've gone through personally, lots of different crazy stuff. And probably in the course of this, these conversations, we'll get to a lot of them that I just really appreciate them. And I'm exceptionally grateful for my own personal transformations. And so that's cool for Badger. And, but what's the, the myth or the bad thing about it in my thinking, and it's not bad, it was just incorrect at the time. And I really, in the last year or two, is realizing that, you know, that I can transform somebody else. And somebody else had an impact on transforming me personally, I guess. I had some wisdom and things from outside myself mm -hmm. to help hold my hand through those. But that I can't like, hey, Kelly, transform, you know, it, it, I, that just doesn't happen. So the realization that, wow, that's a bit, there's a big disconnect there before between what I, my original personal intent was with the company and really how it happens 
and the realiz realization of how I've actually transformed and um, we can get into a lot of that, but I, you know, I, it's like basic, I personally can't. I've heard you. Um, yeah. So I've heard you say a number of times that a lot of your big transformations throughout your life have come just from a conversation. Right. And I, and I really feel like I, that's what I see you doing a lot of here is just being open to having conversations, whether they're planned, whether they just spur of the moment happen organically, but maybe let's talk about the conversations you guys have been having recently and yeah so i think yeah that's a good we had talked about that but let's talk about that <laughs> um yeah so you know i think i've said it somewhere on the podcast too and you just you know brought it back up is most of my personal transformations have come out of a conversation or whether it's being involved in it in the sidelines of that, listening to to a conversation with other people, so it's it's something outside myself that I didn't have an awareness of with my own self, right? So it was like going to a conference, sitting in a room, having a teacher, a mentor, a coach, you and I sitting and talking in my office in Midland, conversations with my business partners, conversations with another agent that said something that really affected me. And the other piece of those conversations, most of them have taken place in an intimate and safe environment. It's hard to hear whether it's emotionally, technically, whatever, when you're in a loud, raucous environment whether your environment is exhausting or if you're exhausted, we, we create our own personal environments as well. So for part of the, it, that for me is the awareness of having safe, comfortable, for lack of a better term, intimate environments to hear. Mm -hmm. And not to just hear, but the other piece of that, and the more important piece actually, and we, and we never talked about this, is to feel. Right. Because if you think of it, you have a feeling and it triggers like a million thoughts. And really, I get that concept from David Hawkins. And so what we want to do is create a safe environment to have safe conversations. Whether well, they're, they're in our staff meetings, they're in the closed door office meeting where it's just, it's not like, it's a closed safe space. It's not, it's where you can let your guard down. You, you, you can just be who you are and with somebody else maybe hear for the first time something you've heard a hundred times before. Right. And so that's all part of it, I guess. There's mm -hmm. a lot to it, but that would be one, one, one or two or three pieces. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so I guess what I want to go to was what I had, Cal, mm -hmm. and how we got started on this. And this is a big, can be a really big conversation of transformation. And there's a million different ways, but what, the big reality for me was if somebody tries to transform me, so say Joe Blow tries to transform Badger, I'm going to transform you. You know, I'm going to rebel, push back, resist. You can't transform me, transform me, damn it. Who do you think you are? And it's like, wow, yeah, that's probably pretty darn true. So shame on me for thinking that I can force transformation on somebody else. 
So I think it's the forced transformation right. or the egotistical viewpoint that I can transform somebody. And this epiphany for me recently, you know, not like last week, but in the last few years and for sure, and it's been a progression is it's been a progression over the 10 or 11 years, you know, since we've opened and it's been going on well before that is the handholding to create an environment for transformation. So you've told me this is, that, okay, Badger, you know, I've said to you, I can't personally transform anybody. And so it's like, I can't do it. But you said, well, Badger, yes, you do. And I'm going like, well, no, I don't. <laughs> really, they transform themselves. And I'll let you run with that. Yeah. And I mean, and I would say, I kind of piggybacking on where you were just at, I've noticed this. And one thing I think that's really great about our, you know, small group sessions or even going into like our Ninja re, uh, reboots that we have, all of those conversations, I love when we're sitting in a group and maybe there's 20 people and someone that you least suspect steps up and says something. And what they say immediately makes me think of another person in the room. And I was like, oh my God, I hope that person heard this. and. I think that those are some of the most powerful moments that we have because I think you're right. It, you could have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with an agent and you might know and you can see where they're struggling. But if you have that one-on-one -on -one conversation, every once in a while it comes across, you know, and the agent does rebel it. They they push it away because it's it seems accusatory or it seems targeted where all of a sudden if they're sitting in a group of 20 people, and one or two people all of a sudden share the exact same frustration or experience that that person's going through, they're more open to hearing it because now they don't feel like they're alone. They feel like, oh, wow, other people have this problem too. And now I'm going to listen to the solution here in my little safe space, quiet, like nobody knows it's me that needs this information. And so I think the different avenues that we have to talk about issues in real estate and issues in our personal lives, I think is great because if you're open, you open up and you have a conversation and you help yourself and you help other people. If you're the person who's quiet and reserved and doesn't want to talk, you sit and you listen and you still might get help. Yeah. And part of that, too, for me is the notion that when, so say I would direct something at, I'll just pick on you. Sure. So direct something at, at Kelly, Kelly Roan. And if I throw that out there, I now understand that that can and often is perceived as an attack. Right. You know, which is really weird when you think about it. It's like, hey, people are just trying to help other people, but it gets perceived as an attack. So eliminating any perception of an attack. So almost the help has to be indirect. Correct. So it you, we can throw stuff out, but it can't be directed at a, not a person unless they're really asking for help and they're in a spot where they need help and and they want to hear it and that in an environment where they can hear it right. that's hard to get to right and we're all at different spots and different places with different and and these are emotional things <laughs> right they're not logical whatsoever <laughs> because if you have to do a logical dissertation on a to because of a B's happening and C's happening and D's happening, you lost the argument. And and if you're in an argument, you lost instantly. <laughs> right. The walls are up, right? So that hence trying to force transformation on somebody else is perceived almost as an attack and it's arrogant. And it's true, I think. Mm -hmm. 
So when a person, say me, say when I have to defend myself against a suggestion affecting my ego, it's perceived as an attack. So anytime I have to defend, it's an attack. And what's odd about it, it's an attack. It's perceived as an attack. And then, but if I even put it out there, I'm really attacking myself. And it's like when we do a good deed with no expectation of something coming back and the person really receives it well and it's appreciated, that person is appreciative, but I am also giving back to myself. Right. You know, so the giver is the big receiver in it. Well, also the attacker is the big victim of the attack as well. Right. So that whole concept is a double-edged sword. And that's a huge, for me personally, a huge awareness that I've, and I don't know, I'll ask you, Kelly. I think my communication style around these issues has changed like, I don't want to say 180 degrees, but 100 degrees. Yeah, maybe I would 100, agree. 145. <laughs> no, I would. I would agree with that, and I, I think it is that realization that you know, instead of going and addressing the situation, which most people I think in their brains think, oh well, let's just go have a conversation about it. I think you've learned to just be open to a conversation, but making sure that the person that you want to talk to is the one bringing it up. It's not you coming at that person and saying, hey, I've noticed this, this, and this. It's you just going in, sitting in their office, having a quick 10-minute conversation that could be about anything and just making them feel safe and making them feel like they can now talk to you about those issues. Or bringing them up, like at a Ninja Reboot, a lot of times we talk about stuff in a more global, you know, parameter. So all of a sudden it's like, we're talking to 20 people about this, or even sometimes like our last one was like 15 people. We're talking about this situation, but it doesn't feel targeted to any one person in the room. Yeah. And creating an environment where collaboration can happen. Right. And the aha, kind of like you were saying, somebody on the other side of the, the room says something and it really, ha- really has an impact on somebody else in the room that I could never have known, right. you know, and I don't know. And that person didn't even know who, who received it. Oh, my gosh, I'm so glad I was in the room because Betty on the other side of the room said something that is probably going to help shift my life for whatever reason. Right. And so that's the kind of stuff that happens. So it's called group therapy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and lots of good things come out. And if, if, the, if the counselor <laughs> leading the group therapy sessions just barking orders, it's just like, it, it, it's worthless, right? Right, yeah. And, and I've learned that lesson the hard way <laughs> for way too many years. But the other thing for me, too, right now is sharing some of this stuff and then having a culture, a little bit of a cultural shift in the company. Right. Right. And so, which is really where I wanted to be 10, 11 years ago. And now it's like, oh, the penny's dropping. We're really making a shift. And we're, I'm, I'm seeing it, especially with the leadership here. Right. You know, and that starts with me. And then it goes down to Jim and Melissa, you know, and you and, and just the people in the company, the environment starts shifting. Right. And it's cool. It's fun to for fun for me to experience it personally, and then to see it, you know, with my teammates. I would agree. I would agree. I think that even with some of our newer agents, they've come in, and we always talk about. We always use the word vulnerable all the time, and it always seems like a very odd word to be describing real estate. And but really, it falls into any any market you're in, any job that you have. It's just your life. You know, you have to come 
at life with some vulnerability so that you can make these transformations or heal or, you know, grow. Like that's just a part of it. And so it's really cool to see older agents, newer agents, you know, experience, non-experience, all kind of grasping that and understanding it and allowing it to happen. I think, again, I guess it, it, it starts with just the culture of right. the of the company and the kind of people that are walking around the hallways here. It, it's kind of cool to see. Yeah. And it's fun. I was just looking at my notes re- regarding the environment and the hallways and the people. And I just, it says, uh, you know, basically we can provide the culture and the ideas and candidates and share for each individual's unique transformation because their transformations, sometimes many ones that are instantaneous, sometimes they take 10 years, sometimes they, who knows what, right? Right. Sometimes it's a lifetime, but they are their unique transformations and unique to them, just like my transformations, and I hope they continue, are unique to me. and being very respectful of all of those transformations, being respectful of my own and also being respectful of yours and, you know, our teammates, right? And so there, all those transformations are equally unique. The important thing, I think, is to be aware of that they exist and to have a journey and be aware of a transformation and being open to it. You know, so I guess... My, to continue my kind of my notes, it's like if they choose. Right. And when I think me, I guess, and I'm probably just like everybody else in this regard, is you have to be in an environment where you're open to choosing. And then you have to be really, like you said, be vulnerable to let something else in. Mm-hmm. And then it's really huge amounts of courage. I think there's courage all over this whole conversation. Courage to be vulnerable because it takes huge amounts of courage to be vulnerable. And then it takes more courage. I don't know. I think the action is easier than uh, opening up. So courage to really opening up and letting things in and feeling, and then it's the courage to act. Uh, Once that awareness is, and then you start on a journey of seeking, how do I face myself better. Yeah, I would agree. I think finding the solution or implementing the solution is probably a little bit easier than recognizing you have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Everybody <laughs> else has problems but me. Right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So we're probably, and that goes back to my last little note, and that always comes back to what Bob Boland said and Fred said. It's looking at ourselves, but, you know, we've used the term mirror, mirror, go look in the mirror, Beale. That's what Bob used to tell me. You know, when something's going wrong, just go look in the mirror. It's hard. It it takes courage and it's hard. And and you have to be in a safe space to do it. I would agree. And I think the the hard part there is most people don't want to look in a mirror. They want to blame, you know, everything else. And not to say that there aren't outside factors that are affecting it, but you can't change those outside factors. You can only change your response to those outside outside. Yeah, how we process it, right? Right. And how it affects us. So if it really affects us, like gives me huge emotional energy, why? Right. Why does that affect me? You could have some event and you could have just say five people in a room, something 
totally affects me where I'm like, say, pissed off or upset. And the four other people are like, well, what's the big deal? So what about that affects me and why didn't why did it not affect the other people? Right. And you could say that about a newscast on the TV, an event in the world. How, why do I choose to react that way? Or you, most of the time, we're not even choosing. It's just right. instantaneous. It's yeah. emotional. It's visceral. So I know, probably a good place to stop. Yeah. All right. Well, it, like, once again, if you're interested in a career in real estate, we invite you to go to our careers page at arhousebay.com forward slash careers. There you'll find links to our other podcast, a couple great video series uh, that we have out. Also contact information for Badger, Jim, and Melissa. We always say it always starts with a conversation. All of our conversations are confidential and we look forward to hearing from you soon. So until next time. Thanks, Badger. Thanks a lot, Kelly.